that we have to accept the authority of Jesus and we have to abide in and under the authority of Jesus. And as we continue to go through our all-in sermon series through the Gospel of Mark, we're going to take a look at another text today in Mark. But before we do that, will you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity just to come together to worship you, to have fellowship, to, to even have donuts. Uh, Father, we know that we come to this place not because we have it all together or we're perfect, but because we're not. Because, Lord, we struggle with insecurity. We struggle with anger and fear and doubt. We struggle with so many things. Lord, how am I going to get through the next day and the next week? Father, I pray that you would speak to us today. I pray, Lord, that you would comfort us today. I pray, Lord, that you would convict us today. Father, we know that your word is true and it never returns void. Lord, it always accomplishes its purpose. So, Father, I pray um, that, Lord, despite the sin that is in me, your Holy Spirit would just be unleashed today. And, Lord, your word would impact us all. We ask this in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. Just out of curiosity, how many people had more than two donuts? If you're proud enough to raise your hand, all right. Anybody have more than three donuts? Nobody had more than three donuts. I have a hard time believing that, but okay. Kids are like looking at their parents. Am I allowed to raise my hand uh, in this moment? So, well, we're glad that you're here. And again, as we continue to go through our all-in sermon series, we're going to come to a text where Jesus has been teaching about the kingdom of God. Uh, crowds have been gathering. He continues to heal people. And right before our text, we see that Jesus and his disciples cross the Sea of Galilee. And as they cross the Sea of Galilee, a huge storm comes. Jesus is sleeping in the boat, and the storm comes, and the disciples, they're, they're fretting. They don't know what to do. They're scared, they're scared, they're scared. They finally get Jesus to, uh, to get up, and he comes, and he calms the storm. He calms the storm, and he says, you of little faith. So now this is where Jesus and his disciples are coming across onto the Sea of Galilee. We're going to read this this verse. We're going to read a little bit of it and then take a pause and then read the rest of it. So we're in Mark 5, Mark 5, starting at verse 1. If you've got your Bibles, please open them up. I encourage you, bring your Bibles to church. Bring it up on your phone. It says this, They, and this is Jesus and his disciples, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell at his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Now let's pause there for a minute. 
Often this story is called the demon-possessed man. This man at one point was in his right mind, and now he's dealing with demonic possession. And he is running around, and in Matthew's Gospel it says he's running around naked. He's screaming and screeching at the top of his lungs. He's cutting himself with stones. I mean, this man was clearly out of his mind, clearly struggling with demonic possession. He was living among, among the tombs, kind of where people used to take and bury people. In fact, the road that went by there, everybody avoided. But if you had to go by there, you had to know that this was a very unsafe area. Because this man was so out of control, so out of his mind, that nobody wanted to be around him. And what we see with this man is he has no authority in his life. He does not have authority over his own body because of the demon possession. The demon has possession over him. This man had no authority at all in his life. And yet we see that when Jesus and his disciples crossed the Sea of Galilee, it says that when Jesus got out of the boat, this man went and the demon threw himself at the feet of Jesus. He threw him at the feet of Jesus in a position of worship, a position of reverence. And the demon cries out. He says, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high? And right there in that moment, the demons knew who was in charge. The demon said, we know who has authority here. Jesus, son of the most high. The demons recognize the pecking order. This man had no authority over his life. People in the community wanted to have authority over him because they kept chaining him, which he kept breaking free from. But when the demon saw Jesus, he bowed down in a position of worship. And he said, Jesus, Son of the Most High, what do you want to do with me? And what is so ironic to me about that is here is a demon that recognizes and submits to the authority of Jesus, and yet we struggle to do that. We struggle to accept the authority of Jesus in our own life because we believe that we are the final authority in our own life, that nobody can tell us what to do, that we will decide what is right, what is wrong, and what is acceptable. But the demon recognized who Jesus was, accepted the authority of Jesus, and submitted. Now let's be honest for a minute. All of us will accept the mercy of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, the hope of Jesus. We say, I absolutely accept that. But when it comes to accepting the authority of Jesus, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I'm in charge here. This is my life. This is me. I get to decide my own fate. See, we have to, if we want to be all in and love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, we have to accept that Jesus is the final authority in our life. If Jesus is not the final authority in our lives, then we are not all in. And if we want to be all in, and all in means that one day we get to be with Jesus in glory forever and ever, then we must accept that He is the authority in our life. Now, if you've ever struggled with authority, and all of us have as kids, we try to negotiate. We sometimes try to say, well, let me try to work this deal out here. And see what, what, what the demon said. He says, swear to me that you won't torture me. Because he knew that Jesus had the authority to do whatever he wanted to the demon. He had complete authority. And he tried to negotiate. And Jesus could have done whatever he wanted. 
It says in Matthew's gospel that when the demon is negotiating, he says, it's not that time yet. Meaning that the demon recognized that one day the authority of Jesus will be over everybody. And that everybody will have to answer and submit to the authority of Jesus. Paul lays this out for us very clearly in Philippians. He says this, Therefore God exalted him, being Jesus, to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And what he's saying is every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Jesus is the final authority. We can accept it on this side of heaven or we will accept it on judgment day. And see, to be all in says, I accept the authority of Jesus. Now, Jesus asked the demon, what is your name? And the demon said, legion. And that name is significant because a legion of troops in the Roman army was four to 6,000 troops. And we know that this man had multiple demons inside him because when Jesus cast the demons into the pig, it said the herd was at least 2,000. So we know that this man was dealing with all kinds of demonic possessions. But we understand that the demon, which had control over this man, understood the authority of Jesus. See, what this text is really pointing us to is what or who has authority over your life. What is that thing or who is that person that is the final authority in your life? Is it your boss? Is it, is it your spouse? Is it your kids? Is it, is it your bank account? Is it stuff? If any of those things, that, that can't be it. Jesus has to be the final authority in our life. It says, Jesus, whatever you tell me, I will accept your authority. And accepting the authority of Jesus, it sounds easy, but it's, it's hard. Even the disciples were with him. Remember when Jesus calmed, calmed the seas, the disciples said this, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They were like, who is this? He has authority over the wind, the authority over the rain, the authority over the waves. The question is, does Jesus have authority over our lives? Does Jesus have the final authority over what we do and how we think and the choices that we make? Now, Jesus, they, they, they begged him, the demons, don't, don't, don't get rid of us out of this area. Can you throw us into these pigs? And see, Jesus had to give permission for them to go into the pigs because he has final authority. Jesus has authority over the demon, over the man, and over the pigs. The question is, does he have authority over your life? Does he have authority over your marriage? Does he have authority over your finances? Does he have authority over your kids? Does he have authority over your grandkids, your career? Jesus is the final authority. See, it's not just enough to accept the authority of Jesus. We must abide in and under the authority of Jesus. So I want to continue our reading, picking up at verse 14. It says, Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has mercy on you. 
So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. You know, we talk about accepting the authority of Jesus, but then we must abide in and under it. We do know how to abide in and under authority. If you ever have to get care from a doctor, and the doctor says, this is what you need to do. You need to take this medication at this time. You need to start doing this and stop doing this. If you want to get better, you have to not only accept the doctor, but you have to abide under and in the authority of what the doctor is telling you. The same thing with laws in our country. We are called to accept these laws, and we are called to abide under these laws. And if we don't, there is a consequence. We have to accept and abide under the laws if you are a part of a local organization or your kids play sports. There are certain things that you say, I have to abide under this law. And so we know how to abide under the law, but do we know how to abide under the authority of Jesus Christ? And so what happened is when this man was healed and word got out, word spread. And when people came back, they saw this man who used to be buck naked, running around, screaming, cutting himself, just sitting there fully clothed. And what they really saw was the authority of Jesus. They saw the authority of Jesus over this demon-possessed man. They saw the authority of Jesus over the herd of pigs. They saw the authority of Jesus. And see, when, when we accept the authority of Jesus, when we abide under the authority of Jesus... Something amazing happens. And Jesus references this in John's gospel. He says this, As my Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Who doesn't want complete joy? We all want to be joyful in our life. And sometimes joy is right there. It's in the person of Jesus, but we fight it. We are so anti-authority. You know, we don't want to accept that Jesus has the final say, the final authority in and over our lives. We don't always want to abide under the authority of Jesus. And we miss out on joy. We keep trying to chase joy when there's only one place. And it's not just joy that Jesus says. It's complete joy. We sometimes think if we are under the authority of anyone that our joy will be gone because we believe we can create our own joy if we're the final authority. Let me ask this, how's that working out? I don't know about you, but it's not working out real well for me. When I try to make myself the final authority on anything in my life, the one thing I'm not is joyful. I'm not because I don't have the capacity to be the final authority in my life. I've proven that repeatedly. And repeatedly, I'm without joy. But on those rare occasions when I say, Lord, I don't just accept your authority, but I will abide under it, there is such joy in my life. And that's what Jesus was saying. When you abide under the authority of Jesus, you will find complete joy. This should have been a moment of joy, right? A man that was a part of the community that clearly had demon possession, that was a problem for himself, a problem for others, he was now healed. You thought that people would have been like, man, we have got to bring all of our sick, all of our, of our ill to Jesus so he can heal them. But instead what happened, when the people came back and they saw the man and they saw Jesus and the pigs went over the, the cliff and they were killed, it says they were afraid. And what's the next thing that they did? They begged Jesus to leave. They didn't ask him, they begged him. 
please leave. We are begging you, get out of our community. We don't want you here. Now, why would they say that? Because their authority was threatened. They believed that they had authority in their life and that Jesus could not have authority specifically over their finances and over their livelihood because pigs were a valuable commodity. People made their living from herding, selling, slaughtering pigs. And so when Jesus comes in and he says, this person is more important than your prophets, Jesus was overstepping his authority in the minds of many. They said, Jesus will accept and abide under your authority of mercy and grace and peace and love and forgiveness, but don't try to be the authority in my finances. Don't try to be the authority in my livelihood because I'm in charge of that area, Jesus. And many of us consciously or unconsciously do that. It may not be finances. It may be another area of our lives. But I guarantee you there's probably at least one area that each of us say, uh-uh, Jesus, you're not in charge there. And we sometimes beg Jesus to leave. But we shouldn't be surprised. Look at all of the areas in our culture that we have begged Jesus to get out of. We said, Jesus, get out of schools. Get out. And so Jesus left. We beg Jesus, get out of telling us about sanctity of life. Get out. Get out of telling us what's moral. Get out of marriages. Get out of how we raise kids. Get out of this. Get out of that. We have tried to get rid of Jesus in so many areas of our society. Do we wonder why we're not happy, why we're not joyful? See, if we want to be all in, love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, then we have to accept the authority of Jesus, and then we must abide in and under the authority of Jesus. And so they come and they beg, they beg Jesus to leave. Well, then we go to the scene where Jesus and his disciples are now getting back in the boat. He said, if y'all don't want me here, I'm going to leave. And see, if we don't want Jesus in our life, he's going to step back and say, okay, you can have it your way. So Jesus is getting ready to go. And it said the demon-possessed man ran up to him and begged him and begged him, Jesus, I want to go with you. Now think about it. This man was possessed by multiple demons. He would cut himself. He was ostracized. He's running around. He's living among the tombs. And here is Jesus that healed him. And he starts to beg, Jesus, I want to go with you. I want to go with you. It makes so much sense. How many of us wouldn't want to go with Jesus? Now I want to pause here for a second and ask you to think about this. Some people begged Jesus to leave, and one man begged Jesus, I want to go with you. So the question is, what are we begging Jesus for? Are we begging him to leave some area of our life, or are we begging Jesus, take me with you? Take me with you, Jesus. I want to go with you. And it would seem that here's this great moment, Jesus healed him. If there was ever a guy that was going to be your disciple, like this is your guy, right? And Jesus says, no. Don't go, what, what? Jesus says, stay here and witness to your family and friends about the mercy of God. See, if you want to be all in, he had, to, he had a moment there where he had to accept and abide under the authority of Jesus. He could have said, you know what, whatever, Jesus, I'm getting in the boat. You ain't getting me out. He could have said, fine, I'll get my own rowboat, but I'm going to follow you, Jesus. He had that moment. What he asked for was a great thing. But Jesus says, no, here's your mission. Witness in your home, witness to your family, witness to your community. And he had a moment there where he had to decide, am I really all in 
Will I accept and will I abide under the authority of Jesus or will I say, now I'm going to do it my way? He accepted. See, the most important ministry is in our own home. It's in our own home. Is that we let our own home see that we're under the authority of Jesus. Is that we accept the authority of Jesus. We abide under the authority of Jesus. We talked about this last week. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's making our homes a place where the authority of Jesus rules. Well, this man went out, and not only did he witness to his family and his friends, but it says he went to the Decapolis, which means he went to 10 cities. He went to 10 different cities, and he shared about the authority of Jesus, how he accepted the authority of Jesus, how he abides under the authority of Jesus, and how Jesus had authority over his life, over the demons, over the pigs. And it says people were amazed. Amazed. That when we live a life that is under the authority of Jesus, accepting the authority of Jesus, people will be amazed because they will see joy in our life like we've never seen before. I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Such a great movie. I love The Breakfast Club. How many people had breakfast clubs when they were in high school? How many people wanted to have a Ferris Bueller's Day Off and said, we're not going to school? And we all have that anti-authority kind of thing in us. But we do have to answer the question, who is the final authority in your life? If it's not Jesus, then we're not all in. If we want to be all in, we must accept the authority of Jesus and we must abide under the authority of Jesus. In the Great Commission in Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. All authority. He is the authority figure. I want to ask our our worship team to come back up. And I want to just remind you and ask you to think about a couple of different things. Number one, this this man went from maniac to missionary. He went from an absolute maniac of demon-possessed. He's now a missionary. You know how you could tell he was under the authority of Jesus? He said, Lord. He said, Lord. This is who Jesus is in his life. He is Lord. So here are three things to think about. Number one, do you accept the authority of Jesus in your life? I know we accept the mercy and the grace and the hope and the love and the joy and the forgiveness, but do we accept the authority of Jesus in your life? Number two, do you abide under the authority of Jesus in your life? Are you trying to negotiate? Are you trying to say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but? And third, do people see the authority of Jesus in and over your life? Can people look at you and say, that person has accepted and abides in the authority of Jesus in their life? When we accept that, when we abide in that, friends, we will have not just joy, but complete joy. I want to encourage you as we, as we hear this song, just to reflect and ask yourself, who is the authority in my life?